0: letting me spend this time with you as we open up the Word. I hope that you have your your Bible ready and your hearts ready to receive because the Lord has a word for you this morning and you are gonna be blessing each one of us as well as we do this together. So uh, I uh, our passage for today is gonna be in Matthew 19. And we're going to actually go all the way through uh, 2016. So um, you can get yourself ready to open up to that. Matthew 19, you can open up to that. Verse 13 is where we'll start. And then we'll go to 2016. So you can be prepared for that. I'm going to be looking for some volunteers who can help to do some reading. And we are going to look and see what we can learn about the kingdom of God and our role in it. Um, Today, so uh, thank you, Tanisa, for uh, just that wonderful prayer because that is really uh, the heart that I bring here today um, for you. Is this this continuing, relentless invitation from our Father, who has pursued us, continues to pursue us, that we might reveal His glory to the ends of the earth? And He has a mission that He is on, that He is seeking people from every tongue, tribe, nation, and language. And we know that that mission still needs workers, and we have still places in the world and peoples in this world that have yet even to hear the name of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord for the very first time. And it's sometimes very, very difficult for us to comprehend that since we've been so blessed to grow up in a nation where we can gather freely, where we can study the word, we have copies in our own language, that we can gather together and pray without persecution. And we have the freedom to believe. And many other places of the world that are areas where we work for Send International and many other mission agencies send and work with churches to send out. The reason why we go is because we realize God's message has not yet been heard among so many, about one-third of the world one-third that is billions of human beings made in God's image, made in the Creator's image, and yet would not be able to know the name of Jesus unless someone goes and tells them. And that's why we focus this month on the Missions Month and to, to celebrate really what God has done because you know what? We are actually all the product of mission, right? We would not be here if the Lord was not faithful to his mission, if his people throughout the ages, as recorded from history in his book, this book is a product of mission, right? Because it reveals his heart, his desire to reveal himself to all people, to abide with his people, and to say, now you go and share that beautiful light and knowledge and love of Christ amongst all peoples, and that is what we're going to be looking at today. Um, I was invited to speak on unleashing a bold gospel witness in every area of life. And what I love about this topic, and the reason why it resonates so much with me, is because it really is every person in every area of life to every person. That's where we're going, because our God is a God who is everywhere. And he longs that people would know him and worship him. And so if there's anything today that I hope that you encounter, we know it's the work of the Holy Spirit that would lead us to worship him in a new way. And so I'm going to bring you a something that touched my heart this past couple weeks as I've been doing a, a course uh, with some Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters. Uh, and so we're doing a, a course online to help churches to, to develop their missional vision. And uh, we were looking at this one passage, and I just got moved to worship with the Lord. And that was part of this is, is here. Is it's going to be in Matthew 20 that we're going to look at. Um, so I crafted today to touch on that, just because I I know the Spirit was moving for me to speak to me, and I hope that in the same way you'll receive that personal invitation. All right, uh, we can go to the next slide. Thank you so much, Robbie. Send International, as I mentioned, is a, my mission agency that is focused on mobilizing all of God's people. That is every one of you sitting here. So wait, that all means all, right? Okay, so all of God's people to make disciples, right? We if we're disciples of Jesus Christ, he said, we are gonna be disciples that follow him, right? And what did he do? And what did he make? He made disciples who made disciples. And that's the reproduction so that his glory can be revealed through us, even as he was incarnate with the glory of God made known amongst us. So making disciples, and especially in these areas, focused on with compassion for those that have not yet heard that word and among peoples where the church does not have maybe the resources, the people, the privilege to be able to reproduce in their own country, their own people, their own language. And so we want to join together with the global church so that we can reveal that greater witness that God has given us a glimpse of in Revelation 7, which we talked about in the introduction here, because we are a people of God from every tongue and tribe and language and nation. And we will be even more so when the harvest is complete. That's where we're headed, brothers and sisters. So if you are a follower of Jesus, this is who we are, everyone, everywhere, and we've been invited. Uh, Go ahead to the next slide. Thank you so much. This is a little bit about me, and I want to get to know a little bit about you, and maybe you can share with those, because, you know, this is family, right? This is family time. Okay, so you've probably seen this if you've seen me before. So uh, with regards to my ice hockey playing, that's me playing ice hockey in Spain, which I never thought that God would give me the opportunity to play this crazy sport that I love. And I still play. And people always ask, are you still playing? I was playing. I'm playing on Wednesday. <laughs> but it is something that God gifted me. A creative expression that gives me joy and life. And, and when I went to Spain for the first time, I thought, man, everything's about, like, sacrificing for the Lord. You know, I'm going to give up playing ice hockey because, you know, it's Spain, right? Like, It's 120 degrees. In the summertime, in Madrid, it's not like there's going to be ice hockey, right? Well, guess what? God knows best, doesn't he? And he took this Chinese-American female ice hockey player to the country of Spain and opened up that opportunity for me to play ice hockey so that what? His glory would be revealed amongst those young women that I got to be a part of their lives, day in and day out. But more so than the people that he was sending me too, to share that hope of life and truth that is found in God's Word. But He was remaking me. Do you have a testimony like that? Mm-hmm. Because that's what He's doing. He's a God on mission, not just a one time deal and says, okay, now you're belonging to the church, you got a membership, you show up on Sundays. But no, He is constantly revealing himself to us, that we would be transformed into the likeness of Christ. And the likeness of Christ is committed to his mission, is committed to every person, every people having the opportunity to know Jesus Christ, just like Jesus. He did the hard work, didn't he? He humbled himself and he came, becoming like us.
1: Though he is God and God alone,
0: he came and put on human flesh that he could feel the pains that we feel, that he could suffer and be rejected in the same way that many, every person, every human being on this sinful world has experienced, so that he could infuse his glorious power in the name of Jesus, yes? To overcome and offer us a hope and a future as his people, a people made in his image that will reveal him. These are some of the groups that I, I, said, I affiliate. So I said, you know, I want you to be thinking about sharing with your neighbor. What's your name? You know, what's a group affiliation that maybe you have? I have quite a few there. Um, and again, it's just to think about where are areas of influence? Because we're focused on every person, in every area of life, that we would be his witness, right? So some of these group affiliations, like I play ice hockey, I will always have an opportunity to have witness among my ice hockey team, among the ice hockey community, because that's how God's wired me. He's given me influence there. And I want to activate for you, as you think, what are some of your favorite activities or what are some of the groups that you are in? Because God has sent you there. Yes? Not for myself is what I learned. Not just for me to serve myself in my own glory that I can get goals and win games and win championships and feel good about myself. Nope. All of the gifting, all of the interests, all of the opportunity and relationship is for his glory. And so we've got to change the chip. We've got to change the chip and recognize he has already sent you. He has already sent you to be on mission. And we've got to be the ones that say, oh, Lord, this is what you've been doing. Thank you, Jesus. You are so gracious that you invited me. And that's how I felt when I realized that in Spain, that, that God had done so much to pursue me to take me over to the country of Spain, even when I had no idea and I was thinking, God, I got to live up, you know, give up my whole entire American dream life, you know, leave my house, leave my family, leave my friends. This is hard. I don't speak the language. I don't even know how to go to the bank over here. And worse off, man, they don't play ice hockey the way I want to play ice hockey. (laughs) But you know what? He invites us into something that's so powerful that when we give up, For the sake of the gospel,
1: we realize those things that we thought held life
0: were actually just a a small glimmer of the life to come when we die and are resurrected in power with our heavenly Father's power. And now suddenly that activity, that group, those people, I see them in the kingdom eyes. And I see my kingdom influence that I have. If I have the privilege of having a Bible, having any word of God inside of me, now I get to bring that and share that with those who Jesus loves and is pursuing that they would also be a part of this great kingdom family. So I want you to just take a couple minutes because, you know, I know it's Early for some people, and you want to get your juices flowing. So please turn to one of your neighbors. Hopefully, you got one or two things that you can share. I want to hear from you. You know, what's your name, right? Get to know each other. What's your group affiliation, a group affiliation? And maybe God's putting your heart, wow, maybe that's somewhere that I haven't thought about how He's sending me there. And a uh, favorite activity. So take two minutes to share with one person and then ex- exchange, and the other person share. Okay, all right. Turn around, turn around. Find someone, find a friend, make a friend. Hopefully, y'all know each other. Brother, brother. Yeah, yeah.
2: Hey, sister.
0: S- all right, you want to be my partner? Sure, I'll be okay, good. 'cause I think I think they're all evened off. They all evened okay, just they it. let. <laughs> Hi, Sister Wang. I'm yes.
2: Brother Carlton Gray. Uh, group affiliation. I have quite a few? <laughs> First of all, here. And then uh, the local school, Newcastle County Votech. And I just thought AARP. Okay. So that's a different culture of people Mm. that you get involved with. Mm -hmm. Favorite activity is always traveling and Mm -hmm. just relaxing and having fun. And my favorite table game is table tennis.
0: Oh, and where do you play?
2: Everybody wants to challenge me. Okay. As I get older, they think they can still beat me. But some (laughs) of the young ones have gotten good, but challenges to beat me. Yeah. That's a great, the family reunion is a great opportunity to reach a lot of my family. Yeah. And I know it's struggling and going after that. And so I have that opportunity to continue to minister, not only through the word, but through my life.
0: Mm. Mm hmm. That's great, Carlton. And I think, uh, you know, for me, I didn't realize because I thought, oh, ice hockey, it's like, just like a sport, right? It's just my fun hobby. But yet, God used that passion, that love to make a space where, you know, it's just like we're all doing life together. And in the same way when you're doing the ping pong, right? It's like everybody's just competing hard, right? You win and you lose, but you do it together. And you can't play by yourself, so you need somebody. And so you might as well be that witness you know, and that's really cool. Huh, so maybe AARP, you know? I'm sure there's some seniors, seniors sitting some around. There's some center, right? I hope you switched. I hope you switched and you gave somebody else the other chance, right? Everybody got another chance? Everybody got their chance? Share your things. All right, give you 30 more seconds to finish up. And, yes, one thing, um, it's been really neat because I think, uh, you know, the pandemic shut down my ice hockey stuff for a little bit, my injuries – and now just being back in that space, it's like being renewed with, like, that idea of being an encounter. Yeah, with some women on Wednesday nights. And um, it always is just like because we speak the language of hockey, right? Now we, we have that touch point. And, uh, yeah, I'll be praying for ping pong and for me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Carson. All right. I hope that was a, kind of a neat Activity, I don't know if you've thought about that before, about really centering in the mission of God in those spaces. And guess what? You just have an accountability partner now, right? They're going to be asking you next week, how did that go? Because you just told me last week that you wanted to be a light in that space, and you recognize that God has sent you there. So brothers and sisters, let's activate what God has already given us, where he's positioned us, where he's placed us. Let's open our eyes to the kingdom of God that is all around us, waiting to be revealed through us. All right, brothers and sisters, let's go to the next one. We're going to get jump into our... Thanks, Robbie. Can you switch the... Uh, yep. We're going to jump into the... Um, yeah, I, well, this is just my invitation here. Uh, you'll, I'll, you'll, you can check me with the, in the back. Um, and also, if you want to, I'm going to invite you to a couple things today. And when you want to respond and be in contact with me, you can respond at send.org slash events. E E N. No, I can't talk. E-V-E-N-T. Okay, so it's real easy. You can just plug it in, and that will send me, a, you know, I'll get a little message that says you're interested in following up, um, being a part of a community, an online community that uh, we want to do for you. So I'm involved in really focused uh, on trying to help every one of us, especially people of color, to engage our whole stories with the good news of Jesus Christ And to bring that message to our peoples and peoples that are marginalized and hurting. Because guess what? The greatest poverty in the world is a gospel poverty. Yes? Because if I don't have the opportunity to even know of the glorious riches of my heavenly father, as a son or a daughter of the king, I am really, really in poverty. And we've got to take that message to all peoples. And so I'm going to invite you to do that later on this uh, presentation. Go ahead in the next one. So we're going to jump in to our text here. So did I have some volunteers that are willing to stand up? You should have it open up. Matthew 19, 13. Can I get three people maybe? Three people who will come up and, and help us to go through this passage. Read the word out loud. Let us declare the goodness of the Lord through the word. One, two, three. All right. You start us off. Start us off. Give us uh, maybe like 10,
3: 11 verses. All right. And then I'll get to the next. Starting at Matthew 19, verse 13. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the, the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of heaven, and he laid hands on them and departed from there. Verse 16, now behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your mother and father. Honor your mother, your father and your mother and you shall love your neighbor as yourself.
4: Verse 20. I have kept all these, the young man told him. What do I still lack? If you want to be perfect, Jesus said to him, go, sell your belongings and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard that command, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I assure you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were utterly astonished and asked, Then who can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Then Peter responded to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you, so what will there be for us? Then Jesus said to them, I assure you, in the messianic age, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, brothers or sisters, father or mother, children or fields because of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first.
0: 20 in. Yeah, 20 into the end of that. To the end of 20. Uh, yeah,
5: to the end of 60 60. Okay. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man, the master of the house, who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard, and after coming to an agreement with the workers for a denarius per day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, He said others, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to those people he said, you also go into the vineyard and I will give you whatever is right. So they went going out again about the sixth and the ninth hour. He did the same thing. And about the 11th hour he went out and found others standing there and said to them, Why are you standing here the whole day unemployed? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You go also into the vineyard. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning from the last up to the first. And when the ones hired about the eleventh hour came, they received a denarius apiece. And when, the first, and when the first came, they thought they would receive more. And they also received a denarius apiece. And when they received it, they began to complain against the master of the house saying, these last people worked one hour and you made them equal to us who have endured the burden of the, of the day and the burning heat. But he answered one of them and said, "Friend, I am not doing you wrong. Did you not come to an agreement with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go. But I want to give to this last person the same as I gave to you also. It is not permitted for me to do Is it not permitted for me to do whatever I want with what is mine?" Or is your eye evil, because I am generous? Thus, the last will be first, and the first last. Thank you,
0: brother. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, yes? All right, thank you, brother. In the back, I'm going to flip my next one. We're going to look through these passages here. Um, even now, I don't know if the Lord is... Putting out something there in the word here. But we're going to look at, let's take the first part here. And there's a reason why I've started us. And you can see that, that there's like that first and the last and the last and the first, right? Kind of capturing that last part of that parable. But before that, I think it's important to look at the context. Let's see who's on the stage, right? Who's here and what's going on? So let's take a look at the first part here, verses uh, 13 to 15 here. Let's look at that, and let's take a look. Tell me who is there. Children. Who else? Tell me all the people that are on the scene. Jesus, their parents,
1: the disciples. All right, and what happened?
0: (laughs) Disciples were haters. Okay. Yeah. Well, what did they, how did they demonstrate their hate? Mm.
1: They rebuked the parents. <laughs>
0: they they rebuked the parents for bringing their children to Jesus. Who ever heard of that? Come on, right? What are these disciples doing? All right. So let's, let's figure out what what how did Jesus respond to the disciples thinking that they knew better? How did Jesus respond? Yeah. He turns it right back on them, right? He rebukes them. (laughs) He says, leave these children alone and don't stop them from coming to me. All right, more than that, now look how he honors this act. Look how he brings praise and says, wow, this is worthy. He says, the kingdom of heaven is made of people like these. And then what did Jesus do?
1: Put his hands on them, right? He gave them a
0: blessing. And all those children could do was what? Receive it. Okay, so let's take a look. I'm going to keep that in mind. Next slide, please. Now let's unpack this a little bit more. The kingdom of heaven, right, belongs to those who are like what? Children, these children. So it's, it's, let's take a look into that. How would you describe these children? Tell me about the children. How do you describe children? We got one running around back here. What? Do, how do you describe children? Inquisitive? Okay. Dependent? Yeah, could they even come to Jesus without their parents bringing them? No, right? The parents had to bring them. Were these children saying, look at my resume. Look how much wealth I got. Look how much I could do for you, Jesus. I'm awesome. Give me a blessing. No, no. Is that what happened? That's not
1: what happened at all, is it? But we see children received graciously. These same children that the disciples And probably in their time, right? I mean, people are worth
0: what they do, right? Do do we have that problem here in our United States of America too? Right? We place value on people based on what they can do for me, how much money they earn.
1: And so just like the disciples,
0: sometimes we look at other people and we say, you're not even worth it. You don't deserve the Jesus time. That's that's reserved for me. That's reserved for my people. Because guess what? We're awesome. We're we're the best, right? We got something to offer Jesus. We've been hanging with him. We've been doing his things. We've we've given up everything to be with Jesus. What did these little kids do? Nothing. Totally dependent. Okay, so let's take a look. Next slide, thank you. So let's just highlight a couple things. Look, what do we learn about the love of God? He sees those who are unseen. He sees those who are dismissed. He sees those who have been marginalized by society because people think that they are not valued. And what does he turn it into with his love and his blessing? He touches it and changes the whole situation, and he shows us the way to live in Christ. Come as little children, right? You bring nothing. You receive. Now, brothers and sisters, might we be like those parents who bring people to Jesus? Because there are people that are hurting and lost and don't have the opportunity to come to Jesus unless we bring them to Jesus. And Jesus will not turn them away. They are helpless, but guess what? They don't need anything but to know Jesus. And when Jesus enters your story, it changes everything. And so we see all throughout the word, those that were not valued, not called to people, not having a name, not having status, not having worth, now being called desired.
1: Wanted, honored, for the kingdom of heaven is like these. The kingdom of heaven is for everyone. No one is left out. Thank, thank
0: you, Lord Jesus. Let's continue on. Let's, let's see what, what uh, the author Matthew contrasts now with. Let's keep on reading here. Let's go to the next slide, right? Uh, we have got 16 to 22, right? So again, tell me, who's on the scene here? Who's on the scene?
1: Jesus Rich young ruler
0: Who else is still there? Children, disciples, parents, right? All the people, of the crowd, right? We, we, didn't, we were wondering they could be there too. So, okay. So let's see. What
1: happened? What happened? Who can tell me what happened in this story?
0: Because this is a real story. This is not a parable. This is a real story. Real person shows up. Yes, let's go. The,
4: the, the rich guy asked Jesus, what could he do? To be to, to enter the kingdom mm-hmm. and to be good. Mm-hmm. What, what should he do? He asks for direction.
0: Okay. Honorable, right? Hey, this guy would be like, hey, Pastor, guess what? What can I do to go on that mission strip? I want to do the best things ever. Can I come? Can I get that eternal life? Right? That's kind of like, these are the people that were like, like a lot of us. Sitting in church, right? Thinking, hey, do I just need to do all these things? Okay, sorry, I'm jumping ahead of myself. What else happened? What else happened? He asks, he is seeking, right? He is seeking. He wants to know what is good, he wants to know what's right. And what happens?
1: How does he, how does he respond to what Jesus says? Okay, at the end of the story, yeah. So before, before we get to the end, Jesus says what? Okay, before that, before that part, he
0: says, oh, interesting, right? He says, first of says, all, well, let's start with, why do you call me good? Why do you call me good, right? Only God is good. Well, Jesus did a little twist on that, right? Because he knew who he was. But he's wondering, well, what are you asking me for? right? Because what is the motivation of this person as he's come in and Jesus says, oh, well, you know, the word has already been revealed to you. Follow the commandments. And he says, well, which ones? Right? In uh, other passages, because wanting to justify himself, right? And he says, well, I did that all. I'm good. Man, if I look at that list and I know what Jesus said about those commandments, you think I'm going to say, yes, I did all of them all? No. Oh my goodness. Okay. So either way, so the the rich young ruler, his perception of himself, right, and what he could do, and he thought that he could get by doing. Tell me, Jesus, what to do, and I'll go do it so that I can gain, earn for myself. But what he didn't want to do was to be like a little child and be dependent, right? Right? Okay, so yeah, so we continue on. We know that he is invited by Jesus. Jesus knows how to get right to our heart issues, right? Because beyond the veneer of our religiosity and our morality and what we think we can do for God to make ourselves shine like we got the shining going on because we kept all the commandments. We aren't doing like that. We're not doing like that. What do I still lack? Because guess what? In the heart of things there, the rich young ruler, though he had all those things, right? We can imagine. He's rich. A lot of us would like to pursue that, being rich. Young, right? Even as a young person, I mean, he's very capable, very able, probably educated, got a good job, right? Ruler, right? He had authority. He had some possessions. He had control over things. All the things that the world tells us to pursue, right? And what Jesus says, what if you want to be perfect, go and sell your belongings. Give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me.
1: Didn't this guy ask, how do I have eternal life? Jesus gives an answer, you will have treasure in heaven. And turns out that's not really the young man's desire, is it?
0: His desire was conditioned by the world. And so many of us also, in the same way, the Bible tells us, right, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, which I love, is really a, a pattern for the Christian walk here. But it actually says our starting point is that we are conformed to the pattern of the world. Because we're invited to no longer, right, in Christ, be conformed to the pattern of the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Here was an invitation to new, true life in Jesus. And it changed the script on the rich young ruler, and it didn't make sense to him. Because he spent all his life... Pursuing what the world told him to pursue. Let me get rich. Let me get possessions. Let me, you know, have my comfort, have my power. Let me do it myself.
1: And when you tell someone who has
0: earned a lot of things for themselves, spend their own good paycheck on their stuff, and then you tell them, give it away
1: to the poor.
0: I don't like that. Why? Because not because they don't care about the poor. They probably would give out maybe, you know, if it made their resume look good, if it came out of their abundance. But if you actually ask me to give up all of my stuff to give it to someone else who did not earn it,
1: guess what? I tell you that because I've been there.
0: I say I had my rich young ruler moment. When the Lord had made it clear to me that He wanted me to go to the country of Spain and to give my life for the sake of the gospel. And I had a house. And you know, when you clean up the house to sell it, you gotta do it a yard sale and stuff. Okay. I did not think I was a materialistic person until this moment. Because this woman came over to me and she had my shrink wrap brand new. You know, special edition, Shrek 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> and, you know, I'm thinking, man, this is brand new. It's not even, I could sell this on eBay for 20, you want to give me like 20 cents? You got to be kidding me. And then I looked at my heart and I
1: said, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me
0: that I think so much like I need this thing that I didn't even unwrap? And I tell you, the foolishness of my heart, you know, was revealed in that moment. And I actually sat down on the steps of my garage, and I said, oh, Lord, now I understand why the rich young ruler walked away. Because this is really hard. Because I've been conformed to the pattern of the world, and even in the church sometimes, right? It's not like we talk against it, in a sense, right? I mean, we want to have it all, (laughs) And I had this moment with the Lord, and I said, but I know what you're doing, and you are good, and you are actually taking me into a process of releasing me, freeing me from the things that would enslave my heart that are worthless, worthless, and yet I had given such value to these things that were worthless. It was junk. It was stuff in a box that I just wanted to keep. Why? Because in the world's eyes, I had placed a value on that, and I had bought into that lie. Brothers and sisters, this is a warning to us in the church, right? Are uh, We like this rich young ruler who is very conformed to the pattern of the world. And guess what? If we are a child of God, he is going to set you free from that because that's what he does. He sets us free from the things that enslave us. He sets us free from the things that would keep us from the greatest desire of our hearts, which is knowing Jesus Christ and making him known. That is our true calling, not the acquisition of stuff and power and doing it on our own. Even the great American dream that we elevate in this country Let us look and see. Do we need to confess, repent, and turn and grieve
1: the lies that we've bought into? Because they
0: may be the very thing that will deceive us. And that we might miss the very heart of the kingdom of God and all the riches and blessing that he offers us. Now, let's keep going. The next one. Looking at the next section here, isn't it interesting, the commentary then, right, after he leaves, after the rich young ruler leaves, that Jesus is having with the disciples. What does he say about the kingdom of God? It actually says, this is why it's going to be so hard for the rich to enter. And I love that this is the response of the disciples, 25, verse 25. When the disciples heard this, they were utterly astonished and asked,
1: and who can be saved?
0: I think many of us, too, when we, it, it's interesting to look at the disciples' reaction here, because they're literally saying, like, what in the world? What is this? I mean, who can be saved? Because everyone in the world would have thought that this rich young ruler should have deserved to be in the kingdom of God. Right? He had the wealth. He had the stuff. I mean, every one of those disciples of Jesus probably was trying to be that guy.
1: Wanting to be that guy. And now Jesus is saying, you got it upside down. The way up to my heavenly father is the way down in this world.
0: So he's going to flip this script here. And they are not they wonder, they're wondering, what in the world is this?" And then Jesus assures them, "With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible." And so guess what? There is room in the kingdom of God for the rich young ruler. There is room for little children. The kingdom of God is for all peoples. And it's not the way that we think it is. The way we've been conditioned in the world to think we've got to earn it ourselves.
1: Peter then. Don't you
0: love Peter? Look, we have left everything and followed you. What about us? What are we going to (laughs) get? How about that, right? How about that? He's looking. He said, well, okay. So we've been going through this. I thought that this is where we're maybe, we want to be like this guy. Get all the riches, get all the glory, get all the status. That's why we wanted to be your disciple, right? Thought you were going to make us great. You see that later. We didn't even continue in in chapter 20, but there's going to be a conversation about that. The renewal of the mind, right, for Jesus' people, it's got to be transformed. He's going to transform our very desires to embrace the rewards that are actually worth it so we can ask ourselves too what are we seeking what is the thing that we are wanting from Jesus because I think a lot of our American North American Christianity unfortunately is not what Jesus talks about as the kingdom of God but is like this Jesus won't you give me that and then I'll follow you Right? It's a, what can, you, what can I get that makes it worth following you?
1: I've been there too.
0: <laughs> and so Jesus reminds us in his answers here, this is verse 28. I assure you, in the messianic age, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me, will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, brothers or sisters, father or mother, children or fields, because of my name, will receive 100 times more and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. When I entered into this journey of following Jesus on mission, I realized the truth of this verse, verse 29. It seems crazy because our worldly conditioning would have us to think that we've got to earn and get everything on our, our own. And many of us actually think, well, maybe if I just do that, then when I get that, when I got my good retirement, when I got my good stuff, then I'll go on mission. Right, And we think, I just wait until I get all those things. But actually, Jesus says, when you have done those things, when you leave those things, you're going to get more than you even asked for. But it's a change in our mindset about who our family is. Brothers and sisters, I'm so thankful this is my home. Right? You are, you are my brothers and sisters. My brothers and sisters have multiplied. Because I am following Jesus. Brothers and sisters, this glorious inheritance is yours as well. So much more. It's all Jesus's. It's all under his reign. And it's all at our disposal in the kingdom of God. Because guess what? None of it is for ourselves or that we earned it ourselves. But it is the glorious gift of God for the sake of the kingdom that he would use us and the resources that he gives us to make himself known and to make himself great. Let's continue on because he's going to tell us, and this is what's interesting about the way that our Bible is broken up, right? Verse, uh, like there's like a chapter, new chapter. Well, it's not a new, it's, it's continuing, right? Because really, verse 30 was just saying, but many who are first will be last and the last first. We know that's the end of this next passage here. So that's actually why Jesus is telling this story. Okay? So let's continue on. Let's continue on. Sorry, you can keep flipping. I know, you're just falling. All right. So... What is going on in chapter 20, verses 1 to 16 here? Who's, 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 uh, who's in, involved in the story? What's going on here? Brothers and sisters, what do we see? Manpower. Okay, what, what do you mean by that? People looking for a daily wage. Okay, looking for something to do. Looking for a reason to wake up this morning. Yeah, okay, what else? Who, is, who, who are the players in this scene?
1: landowner workers
0: laborers okay and what's happening Jesus is telling this story it's a parable that he's going to tell about what the kingdom of God and what like the father is like what do we see what happens
1: okay so there are people that have been sitting around doing nothing all day but guess what who comes to them the landowner the landowner
0: He says, hey, what you doing here? I got work for you to do. Come on. Join the rest of my workers. Come on. And he goes out again later in the day, Finds some more people sitting around saying, how is it that you've been doing nothing all day? I got work to do. I'll give you what's due, what's good. And he continues to pursue. He continues to go out. He continues to find more people that then will say, yeah, I'll come. Now, look, let's see what happens. At the end of the day, the landowner has the four men come, right, and bring the people in front of them that have been working all day, some that have only been working that last hour. And he says, okay, let's give them their reward. Give them what they have earned. And what is surprising or different than maybe what you expected? Yeah. So the person who receives, uh, worked just that last hour received actually what the person who first started received first day. But what does that talk? And look at what happens to these workers that showed up the first day or first hour of the day. What happened in their hearts? Why?
1: Because they felt that they had earned it.
0: And what did Jesus reveal about how our Heavenly Father and the kingdom of God is like? What is the Father like? Because he is the main player in this. He is generous. He is gracious. He is pursuing every one of his children that they might come and work in his harvest field. And he says, guess what? You are never too late to receive out of my riches and my abundance. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much because he doesn't turn away from pursuing us, right? I experienced that in my journey. I was doing my thing, living my life, getting my car, my house, and all this career and all this. And it was good. I was going to church. I wasn't turning away from Jesus. Come on. I was leading a young adult group and all these things, but I was living for myself at the heart of things. Wanting to be, you know, living for Jesus, thinking, oh, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. But it wasn't fully... The, the message that I embodied, God had to change my heart and transform me. He did that in Spain, and he continues to do that today. And what I really was just struck by as I read through this was, wow, Lord, you are so gracious. No one is ever too late to say, yes, Lord, I'm ready to work. I'm ready to serve. So here we are at the end of your missions month. You've had one, two, three other speakers. It's never too late, brothers and sisters. This is your invitation because guess what? You've been hired. The Father has a job for you to do. And guess what? When he comes to you, and what's so beautiful, I think, and I don't know if you've had this experience with the Lord, but when we realize that we miss the mark. He is compassionate, slow to anger. His love never fails. Are you feeling his reception, his acceptance, his grace that we don't deserve? Because he is merciful. He is a father who is about transforming lives. And he says, come with me on my mission, and I will transform you. He is a good Father, and you won't be shortchanged. He will give you more than you have ever asked or imagined. Amen, amen. So this is our Father who we get to seek. And um, I'm going to just flip through. If you can flip through the end there. I'm going to give you an invitation just to um, consider. You've been invited. You are welcome. God has a job for you to do. Do you know what it is? And if you don't, if you need to talk through that with someone, that's why we exist here. That's what, what we're here for. Your church is here to be a community, just like we did at the beginning, where you talk about, hey, this is where God has given me some influence. Perhaps it could be something that we can do together as a church. Let's go on mission together. And so I'm going to invite you again. Just if you go to the, um, it's fine. You can go the the one that just has my the information on sendorg event, If you guys want to to uh, drop in there, um, we have something called Explore Together. It's an online community, and you can continue this conversation, continue looking at God's word, revealing about well, wow, how is it that God has wired me. And my particular vein in which I work is really looking at how people of color have a special part in God's kingdom. And you can see why. Because guess what? We've just started looking at some of those principles about what the kingdom of God is like. And you've been invited to be a part of that. So I'm going to invite you to, you know, talk to me in the back there. Uh, you can respond at send.org event and say if you're interested in a, a people of color discipleship, kingdom, kingdom discipleship community. And so I'll be facilitating that. We'd love for you to be a part. All right. I, I know Tanisa wants me to wrap up. So um, questions, questions? Is that what you want to do? Yes, questions. Can you just put...